Hello. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Great. It is going. Guys, uh, last week on the podcast, I realized it several hours after. It might have been the next day. I think it was the next day. I forgot to introduce everybody last time. Oh, yeah. I noticed that like 10 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> so if you uh, listened to last week's episode on The Matrix, which is going up in like three weeks. So you'll listen this to this one first. Yeah, you'll listen to this one first, and then you'll... <laughs> a little future preview. We're doing an episode on The Matrix. And fair warning, Andrew does not introduce us. Yeah, I don't introduce him. So consider this your introduction, your, introdu- your, your introduction for both this episode and the episode about The Matrix. Uh, hello and welcome to episode 27 of We Watch Movies and Then Talk About Them, the only podcast on the internet where we watch a movie and then talk about it. There may be other podcasts where other people watch movies and then talk about it, but this is the only one where we do that thing. My name is Andrew Westensko. I am the host of this here podcast, joined in the podcast and in all things in life at my right hand by Becca. Hello, that's me. That's Becca's voice. Yes. Um, and sitting across from me, Sid. Hi. It's a circular table, though, so technically at my left hand. And I'm at Sid's right hand. And and Sid's at my right hand. And we all have right hands here. We also all have left hands. Yes, we do. Pretty crazy. Right and left hands. Crazy how that works out. Well, not everybody has both right and left hands, Sid. You gotta be... Yeah, but, I mean, you could probably say, assume that a majority do have both. I, I think that's a safe assumption. Probably. Please don't come for me if that's wrong. I mean, Bucky doesn't have a left hand. <gasps> oh my gosh. You know that <laughs> you know that the earth well he does have a left hand, it's just not It's not his It's not phone. the one he was born with. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So don't be so prejudiced against people with mechanical hands. No, I'm I'm trying to advocate for people who don't have left hey, hands. Listen, my brother in law is in school to be a prosthetist and he's coming for you. I think that's what, illegal. What did I do wrong? <laughs> Maybe it's legal in Texas and Nevada. Yeah. <laughs> um. Everybody, 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 gather around. Did you guys know that um, we're supposed to hit eight billion people on Earth within the next five years? Ugh, that's a lot of people. You know what we should do? What? We should get rid of half of them. Jeez, that seems like an extreme <laughs> solution. How would you do it? Um, uh, I mean, there's many options. There's a lot of ways yeah. to get rid of people. What's the fastest way to get rid of half of all the people, though, do you think? Probably, like, the plague. I did a pretty good job first round. I freaking just... Just, like, put it on the head of the household to get rid of half their family. <laughs> 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 or it could just go after the firstborn son. <laughs> right? Every family's firstborn son, that's half the family, right? No. No. It's like a quarter of the family. So we'll also send some locusts and some frogs. and. <laughs> oh, there we go. Here's the thing. You do enough, you get down to half, right? Right. Moses had it right. Dude knew what he was doing. <laughs> um, I freaking just softballed that for you, though. You could have so easily. It's not a secret. The title of the movie that we're watching is in the freaking title of the podcast. We're doing Infinity War. And I set that up, and you're like, oh, well, maybe the plague? Like, <laughs> We're talking about, uh, what's that? 
Prince of Egypt today, everybody. Dude, yes. <laughs> that was good. The music in that's great. The whole movie in that is great. We could probably have an episode about that. Dude, I For Easter. Lo- well, uh, no, it's we're... a little late. Well, next Easter. <laughs> okay, next Easter. <laughs> listeners, remind us. Next Easter, we will do an episode about the Prince of Egypt. But this Easter, we're doing the Avengers version. Well, kind of the reverse. Well, yeah. Because for no, Easter, Endgame is going to be. No, Easter is tomorrow. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shoot. Yeah, okay. Cool. Day before Easter, everybody. Um... <laughs> you didn't know that? No. Not with all the Easter egg hunts going on today and, you know, the Easter party we're going to tomorrow. I didn't go to any Easter egg hunts today. <laughs> so, I don't know. Just saying. Tomorrow's not a, Easter. Not a seven-year-old kid. Yeah, but we went to a seven-year-old kid's house today. They had Easter presents. We had a and Easter eggs. Really bad. <laughs> they had birthday presents. It was a birthday party. Oh, they okay. also had Easter presents. How am I supposed to expect to be to tell the difference between birthday and Easter presents? Oh, because the grandma made sure to say, these are Easter presents and these are the birthday presents. What if she listens to this and hears you <gasps> mocking her in that way? She doesn't listen to and this. She's going to okay. tell her whole sewing circle and they're just going <laughs> to... Jeez. We don't mean to malign grandmas on this show. Hey, I just We took, welcome all ages. I just took an adult development class. I know everything about old people. Here's the thing. I frequently tell our listeners to tell their moms about this podcast. Well, what if somebody tells their mom and then that mom tells their mom? Then we have grandmas here and now you're making grandmas look bad. I'm so sorry, Grandma. I just said we welcome people of all ages. Isn't that enough? Well, not all ages. Okay, like 15 and above. Do you want to cut out the freaking 11-year-olds? <laughs> 11-year-olds make up like 95% of all the people who watch the Avengers movie. <laughs> That's fair. All right. Today we're talking about the Avengers <laughs> Infinity War um, part, I don't know, 40,012 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I haven't seen all the movies. Sid has. Yes, I have. Um, Ghosted. I have not seen... I have no life. (laughs) I have not seen Ant-Man or Ant-Man and the Wasp. I have not seen Spider-Man Homecoming. I have not seen the second half of Civil War or Thor Ragnarok. Which are both so good, I know. Ragnarok's great. We should watch Ragnarok tonight. Tonight? Yeah, why not? Maybe. All right. I don't know. What are you going to do with your life? You're not going to church tomorrow. Yeah. (laughs) Don't tell my mom. Oh. <laughs> Becca's mom, we definitely because... are, we definitely are going to church tomorrow. <laughs> um, no, so today we're talking about the Avengers: Infinity War, directed by uh, Mark Wahlberg and I don't know what are their names. The Mark, Russo brothers. The Russo brothers. Uh, Anthony and Joe Russo. Why did I think one of their names was Mark? <laughs> I wish it was Mark Wahlberg. Can you great. imagine? He'd have to. The whole thing would just take place in Boston. <laughs> Instead of Wakanda, you'd be and like, it, no, Black would, Panther comes to us. It would be rated R just for all the F words in it. Yeah. I would watch it. I'd for sure watch oh, it. Yeah. I don't think Mark Wahlberg is a director, though. Let's see. All right. Probably not. Um, for those of you who haven't seen Infinity War, which is literally none of you, uh, <laughs> this is the story of Thanos. Uh, and it really is. We're going to talk about that. This is really the story of Thanos more than it is the story of any of the Avengers. Um, and his quest to, um, spoiler, 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 in case you haven't seen Infinity War, you loser, um, to eliminate half of all life from the universe in an effect, or in, in an effort to 
further extend the universe's finite resources to support life. He outlines this philosophy pretty well. He's a pretty uh, eloquent guy. And today we're going to talk about his movie. In preparation for Avengers Endgame, the end of... Is this Phase 3? Yeah. The end of Phase 3 uh, for Marvel. So we're excited. Um, we're all big fans of this movie, I think, right? Yes. Yeah, I think it was my number 6 last year. I don't remember where it ranked for you guys. I don't remember. And I stand by that. Last year had some pretty phenomenal movies, and this is a great movie. I think that, uh, hot take here, I think that the wrong Marvel movie got all the looks for the Oscars. This movie is significantly better than Black Panther, like by leaps and bounds. I do agree with that. Yeah, Black Panther is a multi-Academy Award winning (laughs) film. Good job, It's a good movie. It's fine. It's not as good as Avengers. Well, it didn't have the best score last year, that's for sure. No. Suspiria. Boom! (laughs) Okay, uh, let's get into it, right? So, basically how this works, for those of you who are new here, which is probably a lot of you, uh, we go round the table and everybody gives their hot takes, which is a uh, shortened, condensed opinion of the film. We will then dive deep into some discussion topics which have not been pre-prepared. We literally just watched this movie. Um, and we just kind of talk about the movie, and when we are done talking about it, then we will give our rating out of 10, which will be assigned an aggregate score and placed on the Weston scale, which is our ranking of all the movies that we've covered on the podcast so far. Um, uh, Sid's going to share some trivia with us. She read through all of the IMDb trivia, every single one. 304 pieces of trivia. So that you don't have to. You better love me. <laughs> oh my gosh. How many of it on there was like, Captain America has a shield? <laughs> Most of it was like, uh, this is like the comics because of this and this. Or, or it's like, oh, this is connected to the past movie by this. And it's like, of course it's connected. It's a sequel. Yeah. It's like <laughs> Thor cut his hair in Ragnarok, but no, it's also was, short here. There was really one just <laughs> like that. Because <laughs> no. it was like, I was like talking about Stanley's cameo in this one. And it was like, Stanley also... Uh, played a, a hair cutter in Thor Ragnarok, Thor also still has the same hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I know! And like 485 people marked it as helpful. <laughs> oh my gosh, I never noticed that. <laughs> um, at that point, uh, you can either turn off the podcast if you want to, or you can hear us talk about other movies that we have watched this week. We just kind of run through things that we watched and anything notable. And that's how this is going to go down. So, Becca. You're going to scald us with your spicy, spicy hot take. All right. It's a spicy meatball. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Avengers Infinity War is amazing. It's so good. <laughs> okay. Becca's just stoked that we're not discussing art films anymore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like art films. But this one's just more fun. It is. Like, oh my gosh, when he took the moon and crushed them, awesome. Like, yes, please, more of that, always. <sighs> I just like this movie is just a combination of just everything and anything you could ever want from a superhero movie, including all of the superheroes. Like, that's Where's what I love Batman? about it. <laughs> I know, right? Well. It's Avengers. It's not all the... Where are the X-Men? I'd like the X-Men, please. Okay, it's all the Avengers. All the Marvel. It's all the Marvel people. ones that Disney has the rights to. 
Well, now they have the rights to like everything. That's right. They so. got X Men now because they just bought Fox, huh? Well, I don't. I don't know if a movie could handle more superheroes. Oh, there can always be more. Su- Imagine Wolverine just turns up. <laughs> I feel like Wolverine, the X-Men seriously feel like they would be so outclassed by these guys at this point. Oh, yeah. 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 Well. Ah, class. Except <laughs> except for uh, Magneto, because I feel like he could just like take Iron Man and just like, and he just oh, gone. yeah. Dude, Magneto could probably like. He could just like uh, get the gauntlet. And yeah, just, no, like, he would just, well, because the whole thing was like Thanos couldn't do anything if his hand was open, right? So Magneto mm-hmm. could just like hold it open forever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. There we go. Uh-oh. Magneto solved the Holocaust, so he could definitely solve Thanos. <laughs> oh, no. I got that wrong. He he was in a concentration camp. <laughs> yeah, he didn't go well for him. <laughs> oh, boy. Magneto's still a bad guy, guys. Yeah, we know. Anyway, <laughs> Avengers. Right. <laughs> I really don't think that you could pack in another superhero to this movie because even as it was like there were a lot of superheroes that I was like, oh, I wish I saw more of this person or this person. But you just can't. Well, I mentioned Mantis because I think her superpowers are really cool. Mm -hmm. Well, you just don't see a lot of her superpowers in any of the movies that she's in. But I think she's really cool. And anyway, I just think it's awesome to see. Just like all of my favorite superheroes in one. Who is your favorite superhero? I don't know if I can choose a favorite. Well, I mean, Batman is my favorite, but from Batman's these. Batman's the best. Um, I think Thor. Thor is so freaking Like, cool. especially in this movie, like, Thor is awesome. We are all Peter Quill in this movie. <laughs> Just like in awe of yeah. Thor. Not that good looking. Needed saving. <laughs> well, but not Peter Quill. We're Drax. Right. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> He's like a pirate and an angel had a baby. <laughs> yes. It's great. Yes. Um. Anyway, I don't really know where it's going with that, but that's pretty much my hot take is that it's awesome. There's so many superheroes, so many amazing scenes, and it just like flows so well and so perfectly from like fighting to like comic relief back to storytelling and like jumping from like world to world and story to story like it just is perfect like it just flows really yeah really really well yeah so if you haven't seen it again you're a loser probably well if you haven't seen it then you probably haven't seen other marvel movies in which case this will make no sense to you (laughs) yeah you won't care about this at all you won't care about any of the characters and it will be way too many superheroes at once you won't be in tears at several points like sid okay i mean when spider-man it's so sad we'll get there but yeah we'll get there anyway that's my hot take sid you once told us that you would be comfortable in boiling water I did once say that. What? Yes. So now you can take the effect of that boiling water, throw it at us in the form of your hot take. That was real clever. I know. <laughs> okay. Uh, I love Marvel. It's kind of something that like has been a part of my life for the past 10 years. My dad is a huge nerd. He loves comics and everything. 
Um, so like an OG nerd, like. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He's 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 an oldie. Like a nerd before it was cool to be a nerd. Oh yeah. Before like Instagram thoughts were like, oh, I'm such a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I saw one Marvel movie. Oh my gosh. I'm oh such my a gosh. Nerd. Did you see Batman versus Superman? I nerded out so hard during that movie. <laughs> That's the best superhero movie I've ever seen. Martha. <laughs> So, yeah, basically, like, he, like, kind of raised us on it. Like, we always, like, I mean, like, we're a big movie family, but, like, every time we'd see any superhero movie, um, you know, afterwards, we'd just be asking him questions, like, who was this? What was that about? So, it's just, um, I don't know. It's just, like, a fun thing for, like, all of us. Um, so, this was, like, a big movie for us, because we've been following Marvel since Iron Man, so it was just, like, huge for all of them to come together in this one movie. Um, and I, I love it. Uh, I, I do have to say after watching, um, Patrick Willem's What's Wrong with the Marvel Universe, I do see some of the flaws, but it doesn't really take away from how much I love it. Um, I think it's just great and how they bring together all these characters and it's a good pacing between all of them. I don't feel like anything's rushed or anything. Um, yeah, I love this movie so much. Um, I'm glad that you, uh, in passing, mentioned Patrick Willem's series on what is he, like, why the Marvel Universe is problematic or something like that. It's yeah. a three-part series. It's like an hour in total on YouTube. Very, very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it all comes down to what type of fan you are, though. Because I watched the video and I was like, yeah, I get where you're coming from. But none of the things that bother him bother me. And I think it sh- it just is the difference between he came up on the comics and... The idea of serialized storytelling yeah. where I came up getting to know these superheroes through the movies. Mm-hmm. So he makes a lot of good points about like um, big character moments having less impact because we didn't see as much buildup on certain characters and all that kind of thing. The series is really good. You guys should go watch it. He's not just like crapping on the Marvel movies the whole time as much as the title would lead you to believe that. It's really well thought out and he does a really good job with it. But I think it just comes down to, for movie fans, this is about as good as it could have gotten. And even for comic book fans, this is as good as it could have gotten. I think that looking at something like Justice League or Batman versus Superman, um, or even like the multiple times that they've tried to do Fantastic Four... Like, superhero movies are, and movies in general, but superhero movies on this scale are so hard to get right. And it's even more difficult to build a universe like this. So Kevin Feige, like, is a freaking mad genius in the way that he has planned this whole thing out and brought us to this point. And I'm just grateful that we have, like, if if we're going to have all of our favorite superheroes commercialized and sold to us in some way, at least they're doing a good job with it, right? Like, Star Wars has always been a vehicle for toys. Like, even from the beginning, that was George Lucas's whole idea with it. But at least they used to give us pretty good movies. Uh, side note, I love Force Awakens. I think it's great. And I love a lot about The Last Jedi. I don't get why everyone craps on it so much. Oh, I could crap on that movie forever. There's the, <laughs> Some people would like really crap on well, it. Well, yeah, that movie, the very side tangent on The Last Jedi. That movie spends, what is it, like two and a half hours long? Perfect. Well, imagine it's two and a half hours long. That movie spends two hours and ten minutes building up to something, and then the last 20 minutes it just takes it, and it's like, nah, mm-hmm. that would have been too interesting. We could have examined some themes and like had legit character development and maybe not just retread every single thing that the star wars universe has ever done (laughs) 
But they're like, nah, instead we'll just make more money probably. It's like, dude, everybody's going to go see these movies regardless. Like, at least do something interesting with them. But they decided not to. So the first two hours and ten minutes, uh, excluding uh, Space Zombie Leia and uh, Rose and Finn's whole escapade. Uh, really good. Final side note on that. Patrick Case Williams actually has a really good video talking about why The Last Jedi is really good. And it's an interesting one. Again, I disagree with him, but he makes good points. He's a smart guy. Go check out his videos. Um, also, go check out our videos. We're starting to do videos on YouTube. Look at us. Yeah, we are. So that's the thing. Uh, Avengers Infinity War. I love this movie. I loved it uh, the first time I saw it. I loved it the second time I saw it. I loved it last night when I watched it. And I loved it again today. <laughs> um, it is just an immense amount of payoff for these 10 years. I remember going to see Iron Man in the theaters and being like, oh, that was really cool. I mean, like we had Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 and the first two X-Men movies to be like superhero movies can be really cool. And then, you know, like Batman Begins happened and all that kind of stuff. But then Iron Man happened and then Iron Man 2 and then Captain America happened and we were like, oh, wow. And then the first Avengers happened and it was just like, this is incredible. Mm -hmm. And it's just amazing the way that they've been able to consistently build up these stories and these characters because you think about it loki was the villain of the first avengers movie and he gets choked out in the first 10 minutes of this movie and you're crying over it and you're sad about it (laughs) it's just amazing what they've been able to do and even like the the superheroes themselves right specifically like scarlet witch and um thor have just like and like the introduction of doctor strange and stuff like that they've managed to just like up the ante continuously like thor in this movie is freaking incredible like he's had a great journey from thor 1 to thor 2 mm-hmm. to thor 3 to this yeah um, it's unfortunate that the dark world is not that good but it's not what are you going to do i like this movie a lot um i think that it doesn't get enough credit from people who call movies films Um, (laughs) (laughs) because they think that they are too cool to like a movie that is this popular because from a compositional standpoint, from a directorial standpoint, the editing, the score, everything in this movie is so freaking top notch and well done, like objectively well done. Yeah. It's, an action film, but like for some reason it's really cool to like John wick, but to think that the Avengers are lame when it's just the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it like the edgy take on our movies last year was like, Oh, mission impossible fallout was my best picture. And like, that was like seen as like a really cool and edgy take, but mm-hmm. like everybody was like, Oh, infinity war. Yeah. I don't know. But it's Losers. so good. It is so good. That's what I'm saying is like, just cause it's just cause it's as popular as it is. Doesn't, take away from how good it is well and i feel like again yeah you don't have to be super into the comics you don't have to be like a super nerd about anything to enjoy it you could watch this movie as a standalone and it'd be a lot of characters but the action itself is satisfying enough that yeah i mean i feel like you do need some context but most people know who the avengers are like how how do you for sure 
get by without not knowing who they are. Yeah. Um, a couple of things I want to mention from uh, a nerdy uh, side of view and not a, not a, a comic book nerd side of view, a film nerd side of like point of view is um, how freaking good the direction in this movie is. Um, I always talk about how one of the most, one of the most, one of the, <laughs> one of the most important aspects of direction is tone. And, uh, the Russo brothers managed to maintain the tone of every group of people when we were with them. So like Guardians of the Galaxy is funny and like Doctor Strange is Doctor Strange and Tony Stark is, you know, really braggadocious and like, the, but the, the tone and the feeling that you get is in line with their individual movies and as they come together the atmosphere and everything blends to this just like dread of thanos and that's not by accident that's difficult to do to have scenes as funny as the guardian of the galaxy scenes and then have the movie end as devastatingly as it does like that's not on accident that takes talent and that takes a lot of hard work and it's just amazing that this movie it didn't end up a camel the way that um like justice league did right well and i feel like for someone like me who is not super into film and like i'm still trying to figure out what directing means and writing and editing like this movie i was able to catch that yeah like and it well specific i mean directing for sure but specifically for me i think uh, the writing and the editing were really, I was able to notice it because it has to be just so concise to be able to have that many characters and like every choice was so intentional and you could tell. Mm-hmm. And so that's why like some of those funny moment moments, like I think you brought this up while we were watching it with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy with Drax, just like, just like dumb, funny things that take a while but they are so crucial like to have that comic relief and it's important and it's intentional and so for someone who doesn't really understand directing and writing and editing like me this movie i could tell it was there and i could tell that it was good yeah and on top of that uh one more thing i want to mention because you uh, the editing for one two more things i want to mention and the editing is phenomenal in this movie uh the way that the action is edited it's it's not as something like something like John Wick, which I think is like the gold standard for editing an action film. Um, the camera is very still. You get every piece of action, right? And then the other side of the spectrum is like Transformers, where like it's so frantic and the cuts are every third of a second and like you, you don't have any grasp on what is actually happening, right? This sits probably three quarters of the way towards the John Wick side. There's a lot of um, more wide angle shots of action happening of people fighting. Um, And even as it's switching between characters, you get a sense of scale and position where in the space of the arena, different characters are, especially during the battle of Wakanda, you understand where people are in relation to each other. Um, That's just, it's, it's so, so, so well done. And the last thing I want to mention as far as that goes, and again, something that gets super taken for granted, I think, is the acting in this movie and in the Marvel movies overall. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I think that's just the benefit of being able to, like having been able to live with these characters for so long. And that's not to take anything away from their skill. Like Robert Downey Jr. was Tony Stark from the first second of Iron Man. You know what I mean? Like, and he embodied that. But in this movie, you get like, he's at the top of his game. He's killing it. Uh, Chris Hemsworth destroys it. Chris Evans, like you see the way that Captain America progresses through the films. And I think that the most interesting are Chris Evans or so Thor and Captain America, where Thor has that scene with Rocket where like, I mean, Thor's first two movies were straight up comedies and then it gets like, it gets real in Ragnarok and then continues from here, right? Like Thor is not just like a funny dude anymore. Like he's been through a lot. But even I feel like in the first two Thor, like it's a comedy, but like Thor himself isn't like, honestly, he's really not like super interesting or like him himself is not the funny part of it. Yeah. So I feel like through Thor Ragnarok, like he really got to come into the character and just, yeah. And that scene with Rocket is so good. Yeah. Well, and, like, each of them were able to go and develop their own characters on their own. So, like, yeah, like, Thor was the only superhero in his movies. And so they're all able to be really confident in their superheroes and where they are. And then, like, bringing all that confidence together, like, makes for great acting. And then Captain America starts out as a guy who would call himself Captain America and turns into, like, I mean, like, in this movie, his costume is dark. There's no like bright colors on it. He's he's Captain America, but he's I mean Steve it's Rogers. he's Steve Rogers. Yeah, yeah, like even at the beginning, like I mean, I guess they just call each other by their names for the most part. But like, I think it's a little I think it's a little telling that at the beginning, uh, Tony Stark is like they ask who would know where Vision is, and he's like Steve Rogers would know. He doesn't say Captain America. Like it's Steve Rogers now. Mm-hmm. and he's like jaded and depressed and <laughs> like all of these things like the like civil war broke him and i it's it's amazing the way that he's able to portray that when captain america really has a relatively small role in this film mm-hmm. like the real stars are iron man and thor and uh star lord yeah and Doctor Strange. And Doctor Strange, yeah. Probably the big four. Yeah. And then Thanos, who we'll get to. <laughs> yes. Because Josh Brolin is... Uh, on a final note on acting, Josh Brolin slays this role. Josh <laughs> Brolin's career is my favorite thing that has happened ever. Uh, big brother of the Goonies. He's done. He did Sicario. He did this. Uh, no Country for Old Men slays that movie. Josh Brolin is amazing. And I think that they... Every role in this movie is cast perfectly. Mm-hmm. Every role in this... Every role in this movie. Is that what I said? Did I say movie in this role? You Every said, role in this movie. Yeah, you said it right. <laughs> <laughs> Blah. Uh, but Thanos absolutely destroys it, steals the show. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Those are my uh, film nerd notes as far as composition goes. Because this movie, the, the music too. It's pretty generic Marvel music at this point. But that does, like, again, that underscores how good it is. Mm-hmm. And a note on the music, just in case I forget to mention it when we inevitably talk about this scene. What a freaking genius choice to have the entire disintegration scene. No music. Oh, my god! That whole ending is just, it's just chilling. And there's no, like, sad fanfare or anything like that. It's just nothing. And you get the little sound as they... 
Oh, so effective. Ah. That's what I say. This movie does not get enough credit for being as good as it is because it is so popular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that they care. I mean, the Russo brothers are like buying gold-plated swimsuits at this point. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing just fine. And Disney is still an evil corporation mm-hmm. that should be uh, busted up. I'm still going small. to Disneyland, so... Hmm. And they raise the tickets, and they're still full every day. I'm still going. Uh, but yeah. Dis- Wait, sorry. I just Go. have to say, I, I saw a tweet that was like, Steve Rogers. He says, we need to bring everyone back. Me. Wait, hold on a minute. On my seventh time going on a space mountain with no weight. That's <laughs> <laughs> me. Wouldn't that be great, though? Yeah. <laughs> I would. Any, any, any gigantic mega corporation is evil and disney is among those so just keep that in mind kids while we talk about how much we love (laughs) yeah this movie was born of a giant evil mega corporation and it couldn't have been made without giant evil mega corporation money so i am conflicted (laughs) to say the least but contact your legislatures and tell them to uh put out in advance uh laws for trust busting because the corporations can't out of control people <laughs> that's my political note let's move on uh sid what do you love about this movie oh boy or don't love whatever just um whatever you want to talk about i think i don't know i think probably my favorite thing is yeah, seeing the characters, how different they are from the first few movies to now and just seeing how everything has changed them. But I also love like like reading the trivia and looking back on other stuff, like seeing how small things in different movies all contributed to this one. Um, I just think, like you know, I have to wonder, like, were these small decisions intentional or was it just kind of like, oh, this happened in the last movie? We got to incorporate that somehow. Um, but I just love it. Like it makes for really fun rewatches and just like reading back on old things that happened. And I just, Oh, I love it. I love it so much. It's great. What's your, uh, favorite scene and or sequence in this, uh, this movie really like pedal to the floor, full speed ahead in the first five minutes and never lets up for two and a half hours. So there's really no downtime, but what is your favorite scene? I think probably just like almost anything in the Wakanda fight, but especially when it's the the three girl Avengers against the one Obsidian. Or, yeah, I don't know her name. Anyway, I think that scene's awesome because um, like when I just first saw it, there's like the bad one. She's like talking to Wanda and she's like he'll die alone and so will you and then Black Widow's like she's not alone I like get goosebumps every time <laughs> just like oh my gosh feminism let's yes. do it let's kill other girls that's not feminism oh um my gosh they l- dude Scarlet Witch literally shatters a glass ceiling in this movie <gasps> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> she carries a man through the glass ceiling <laughs> Find your symbolism there. <laughs> I just think That's that hilarious. I'd love that scene. It's just like, I don't know. They're just like so, it's just so good. Oh my gosh. I cried when I first saw it. Whatever. Wow. It's cool. 
All right. We have things to get to, though. I've got a few a few things that I want to talk about. Yeah. Can we talk about Thanos? Thanos. That was what I was Woo! just going to say. Yeah. I want to jump into that. Do it. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously, we've already mentioned that Thanos is amazing as a villain, like, and such good acting, of course, and such an interesting villain. Um, and Andrew and I have talked about this a bit just in the last two days since we've watched it twice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Thanos full disclosure we had a totally different movie planned for today but we watched Infinity War yesterday and I couldn't stop talking about it and I was like we should just do it for the podcast (laughs) that's why (laughs) anyway Thanos is such an interesting character and such a has such a like sympathetic story and I was telling Andrew like I feel like you could almost just completely reverse this whole story and have it all from Thanos's point of view and have him be the good guy and like tell the story about like this young boy living on his planet and seeing like poverty and too many people overpopulation like all of these like very real issues and like coming up with a solution like oh we need less people and of course his solution is controversial and most good guys don't like initiate the war or the fight. Usually they're just defending themselves. But just, I don't know, it's just so interesting that he, like his whole point of view and his whole reasoning for everything is in his eyes a merciful reasoning. And he's trying to save the universe. He's not trying to destroy it, but he's trying to save it by destroying it. Like, I don't know. It's just such an interesting concept and he's such an interesting character and it's not just like a like black and white, good and evil kind of thing. Like there's it brings up some interesting questions and themes. Yeah, for sure. Um, two things about Thanos as a villain. Um, the best villains, one, genuinely believe that they are the good guys. Right. Yeah. Or I, I'll say the most interesting villains genuinely believe that they are the good guys they are the protagonist of their own story right mm-hmm. boring villains are like oh, i want to rob this bank because i'm bad bah. you know what i mean or like you wronged me and now i'm gonna do everything in my power to kill you and your whole family exactly like, i mean even that could be well but like yeah i, I mean was saying, i guess the but... best bad guys believe that they are the good guy uh-huh and two the best bad guys are mirrors of the heroes, hero or hero of the protagonist, right? And the protagonist here being kind of a group of people. And he manages to do it for all of them. Oh, yeah. He does both <laughs> like... of them because what sets him apart? So one, he wants to save the universe, right? And he came up with this idea. And again, as I say all of this, Thanos is a psychopath, right? Like genocide is never the answer we are not condoning. We're not endorsing <laughs> the genocide. Don't, don't take this out of context. Even if Andrew did make a Holocaust comment earlier in the episode, we are not condoning it. Yeah, the Holocaust is bad. I don't think I should have to say that, <laughs> but it's 2019 and you never know. I might get canceled. Um, so yeah, Holocaust bad, genocide bad, Thanos bad, but he's a really interesting character and we talk about characters on this podcast. Okay. Um, so... Or is I even going with this? He comes up with this solution. He believes it to be the best way 
Um, he even makes a comment about how the most difficult decisions require the strongest wills. The difference is, like, he sees saving the universe as eliminating half of all the living things, right? The Avengers see saving the universe as eliminating Thanos. Mm-hmm. The They are both, through this entire movie, striving towards saving the universe. The only difference is that Thanos actually has the balls to do it. And I think that that, beyond everything else, is why this movie is so good. Because, again, they've spent 10 years making these superheroes superheroes, right? They're infallible. They always win. Mm -hmm. Even when they go up against each other, like in Civil War, they both win. Like, neither Tony Stark nor Steve Rogers loses in Civil War. You know the comics. <laughs> and I'm not a comic book nerd. I just think that somebody should have died in Civil War. Uh, continuing on. He just has the balls to do it. We see several times through this movie people that had the opportunity to pretty much stop him in his tracks. And they didn't do it because they weren't willing to sacrifice their own personal relationships right like vision told scarlet witch to destroy the mind stone like right at the beginning of the movie and had that happened story over same with um tony stark told dr strange to destroy the time stone yeah and yeah like had that happened i mean maybe i feel like the time stone was really useful but yeah um what was i gonna say Freaking Gamora wouldn't let Nebula get tortured. She gave up where the Soul Stone was. But, like, she was willing to die, but she was not willing so to let her that's sister That's what I'm saying. Die. That's the issue, is every single character in this movie is willing to die to save the day. But really, as far as I could tell, only Star-Lord was willing to give up somebody he loved to save the day. Yeah. And... I guess you could argue Thor as well, but he's already lost everybody. So what are you going to do? But that's why it's so like, that's why this movie is so compelling is because like I said, they're just mirrors of each other. And the difference is that Thanos is a stronger person in his will. Cause he and sacrificed someone he loved for his. Yeah. And beyond that, what it would take, like if we assume that the soul stone is this kind of sentient, whatever, right? It knows, like, because it has to deem you worthy or whatever. It has to deem your sacrifice worthy is what uh, Red Skull tells us, right? Like, if he didn't actually love Gamora as a daughter, him killing her wouldn't have made him worthy to take the Soul Stone. Like, Thanos is evil, sure, because he kills a lot of people, but he's not heartless and he's not soulless. And he doesn't want to dominate or rule the universe, he just wants to get done what he wants to get done. And that's why, I mean, it gets memed all over the place, but that's why that final or second to last scene, third to last, I guess, of him with child Gamora in the floating lake or whatever. And she's like, did you do it? Yes. What did it cost? Everything. You believe him. He really did give up everything to do it. And he was willing to. And I feel like the only people who matched that were, 
And I'm going to disagree with you here. I think the only people who matched that were Peter Quill, um, Thor, and Doctor Strange. Yeah. <laughs> right? And, it, I mean, it's ironic then that Peter Quill ruins the whole thing for everybody. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's how it had to happen. Yeah, I mean, at that point, yeah. Uh, at that point, a series of events was already set in motion. Yeah. Whatever. Well, but I think it... I don't know. That's such an interesting question to bring up, though. Like, superheroes have made us all believe that it's moral to, you know, give up your own life, to die, Mm -hmm. to save a bunch of other people. But it brings up the question, like, is it moral to kill someone you love to save a bunch of people? You know, Captain America says it when they are first discussing whether or not to kill Vision. Because he says, he says, we don't trade lives. Yeah. But it's still like, I don't know. It's just such an interesting thing. Like, well, that's the thing is like they, that's the, that's the issue. It's it's just like, that's the issue that has plagued superheroes and to a, a greater extent, the Avengers forever. Right. Yeah. Like that's what sets in motion. The entire story of civil war mm-hmm. is not necessarily their willingness to sacrifice the people they love, but their willingness to sacrifice their own egos essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's interesting that the villain is the only I mean, and the other couple that we mentioned, but the only one willing to actually sacrifice something and someone that they love for a bigger purpose. Yeah. And I feel like that's I mean, it is a harder thing to think about or do than sacrificing yourself. Yeah, because how many, I mean, so Thanos ends the movie with six stones, right? Mm-hmm. How many does he get because an Avenger was not willing to let somebody they love die? Out loud, said you're on a podcast. So, okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like see her counting. Well, I was just like, I don't know. Okay. Anyway. So soul and, vi- um, and mind. Yeah. And then also um, the power stone with Loki. He wasn't willing to let. Thor die. Well, oh, that was the, the, the space. space. He had oh, power space, at the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, already, that's half. Yeah. I think those are the main, like, that we directly saw. Like, there was, like, a either this person dies or you give me the stone type Because, I mean, Doctor Strange did, did say, if you don't kill Tony Stark, I'll give you the stone. But that was... That's a whole other thing. Yeah, we'll get into that. We, yeah. yeah. It was not because he cared about Tony Stark. Yeah. Yeah. So half. Yeah. Just because Thanos is willing to do something that no one else is willing to do. Yeah. And again, like he's, he's, he has his moral compass. He's honorable to an extent, right? Mm -hmm. He doesn't just murder flippantly. Yeah. Even at the end, um, when all of the Avengers are just throwing themselves at him. He doesn't kill any of them. He's yeah. got five infinity stones at that point. Like, and when the guardians of the galaxy sneak up on him in nowhere, he does that like weird crap to Drax and Mantis, but he doesn't kill them. Mm-hmm. He doesn't just murder flippantly. Like he doesn't kill unless he feels like he has to. I think, cause this bothered me. I think the exception being the dwarves at the forge, Oh yeah. yeah. But that I was think the only thing. I think that he did that out of necessity. He didn't want somebody coming behind him and having them forge a weapon that could stop him. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. And also, Thanos has the freaking coolest crew ever. It's true. They are all so so cool cool. and so powerful. So strong. Ebony Ma, hello. (laughs) That dude is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. But you hate them at the same time. But you're also like, I want more of them through the whole movie. Yeah. I love as well. They're smart. Mm -hmm. They're not just like dumb, like storm stupid. Troopers, stormtroopers, stormtroopers, <laughs> that can't shoot anything. Like they're like actually like they almost kill Vision, and they're like they're like a real threat. They're not just like his minions, just like doing small things, you know. And they sneak up on them, like they they the play Avengers, it smart. <laughs> yeah, the Avengers don't just know that they're coming mm-hmm. or apart, know where they are. Like apart from Ebony Ma, they don't just stand there and like pontificate for twenty minutes. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, and even then, like that's his whole deal. He's like the announcer of Thanos. Yeah. Yeah, it's like part of his character. But like during the battle at Wakanda, like their whole deal was just to up the ante until they could convince Scarlet Witch to come down so they could take Vision. Yeah. That's such a smart plan. (laughs) And it works. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, What do you think, Sid? About? About Thanos. About Thanos. And his crew. He's awesome. Like, it's just like... I remember, like, in the past movies, like, you know, like, you'd see him, like, in the after credit scene and just be like, who's that guy, you know? And it was, like, he was just, like, such a mythical, like, he, like, he was pretty, he's pretty much just a god, just, like, this mythical god, and you're just, like, terrified of him. And, like, it doesn't let you down in this one. You're just, like, this guy is so scary. And he's huge. Like, he's ginormous. And, like, I was the... The scene where he's like talking to Wanda and he's like playing with her hair. I just like his fingers are so big. It's just like someone with two closed fists just like <laughs> playing with your hair. He's just. Yeah, because like you understand his motives. You don't like it, but like you're kind of like, yeah, it kind of makes sense, especially like when he's telling his like kind of backstory with his own planet and how like everyone almost died and he proposed that. And it just, like, you know in your gut that it's not a good plan, but also at the same time, you're like, it kind of makes sense. Well, and you think about what he's seen, though. He saw his own planet destroyed. Yeah. And then he saw Gamora's planet prosper. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, in his mind, he's like, oh, I've seen this, and it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. He's just, he's an incredible villain. Yeah. And like every single Avenger is terrified of him. Well, yeah. And they set it up so well. And like the callback to the first Avengers where Loki's like, we have a Hulk. Mm -hmm. And then Thanos just beats the snot out of the Hulk. (laughs) And he's just like afraid enough that he never comes out for the rest of the movie. I actually saw some that, um, it was either James Gunn or one of the Russo brothers that said that it's not necessarily that he's scared of Thanos, which like he is. But it's more like there's an internal battle between um, Bruce Banner and the Hulk. And that the Hulk is just like sick of doing whatever Bruce Banner wants. Mm. So, But it's still like also I'm sure he is scared because he's terrifying. Well, when is the Hulk ever lost? Like- yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, you can see it so well immediately. Like the Hulk comes in and he's like doing his thing. And then all of a sudden he's being overpowered. And like just the look on his face is like. What? No? No? What's happening? Yeah. We needed another Hulk movie, I think. I guess we kind of got one with Ragnarok, but 
A good one would be nice. Yeah. He hasn't really had a good solo movie. Mm-mm. What are you going to do? All right. Um, let's talk about theories. Well, first of all, who is your saddest death? Peter Parker. Of course. Uh. I don't think there is a sadder death. Like, that was so sad. I think it's Vision for me. Yeah, that oh. was a really sad one. I cried at that part, too. Mostly because really of Wanda. And, like, you pretty much have to watch it twice. Yeah. That's not fun either. Well, and, like, it's so brutal. Mm-hmm. Like, when Thanos plucks the stone out, like, the way he just, like, goes gray. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. And, again, you see it twice, right? Mm-hmm. And, again, props on that whole scene. Because there was twice in that scene that I was convinced that the Avengers won. Yeah. When she destroyed the stone and then when Thor came down and I was convinced that yeah. they won. Oh my gosh. And the acting in that whole scene, like Chris Hemsworth absolutely destroying it there when it comes back and he's like, what did you do? Mm-hmm. Like oh. just the tone in his voice is so freaking top notch there. Ugh. And then we already talked about how amazing that scene is where they all float away and there's no music and well and it's just like the ending that no superhero movie has ever done yeah you know like like, there's no chance of hope it just like ends and it's just like oh my gosh he gets his sunset and it's like it's satisfying in such a different way than every other superhero movie in that like something finally happened yeah because for me watching superhero movies like I always just get so worn out by the end of them because the superheroes are more and more worn out after every movie and like they can't live forever. Yeah. Like they need to die. Well, and that's why Civil War is probably my third favorite superhero movie of all time because well, even though I wanted somebody to die, I'm like I don't care if it's Captain America or Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Just kill somebody. Um I wanted somebody to die in that, but at least, again, something happens. The yeah. Avengers break up. Mm-hmm. Like, there's real consequences. Yeah. At the very least, War Machine should have died. Probably. Like, he hits the ground pretty hard. <laughs> Is that Don Cheadle? <laughs> <laughs> I love that video. Um, but yeah, like some there, there are finally some consequences. Whether or not they get reversed, we'll talk about that in just a moment. What yeah, we well, but yeah, at least in this movie... Something like, happens. Yeah, and it's awful. And it leaves you feeling like the bad guy won. You know, mm-hmm. he did. He did win. Yeah. And I think that's important because the good guy doesn't always yeah. win, like in real life, you know? So yeah. it's important to have movies that reflect that. Yeah. And the freaking, there's a lot of one liners in the last five minutes of this movie that are just delivered so well. I think that uh, Chris Pratt's, did we just lose? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. He just, I he just, love like, that. He can't believe it. You know what yeah. I mean? He's like, no, we're the heroes. We win. Yeah. And <laughs> well, he's and the I'm... one who ruined the plan. Yeah. And he's still in disbelief. Mm-hmm. And I love that he said that. I mean, it's really fitting with his character. But like, that's what everybody's thinking anyway. Is like, what? And The then, Avengers lost? Yeah. And then Captain America at the end. Because um, again, you have these people. You have Tony. You have Steve who are just always in control. Like the two of them are fighting to be the leader of the Avengers, right? And you have Steve just like has no idea what's going on. And he's to Thor. Where did he go? What did he do? What happened? Thor. Like they just there's nothing they can do. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. The way that, again, the way that like Chris Pratt and Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> all the Chris. All the Chris. The way that they all deliver their lines. And even like, even like Robert Downey Jr. When he looks over at, at Doctor Strange and he's like, why did you do that? Like he's not even mad. He's just defeated. Yeah. And he's never been defeated. Mm-hmm. Like he was ready and willing to die right there. Yeah. And like that would have been for him yeah. a good ending. Yeah. Let's be very clear in one thing as we move forward in our discussion though. Um, there is one possibility for Endgame and that is the good guys win. Yeah. They're yes. going to win, right? Yeah. So do not go into Endgame thinking that there's a single possibility that the Avengers don't come out on top. Yeah. Because why would they some, have a movie? But well, that's gonna... what we're going to talk about. I read a theory on Reddit that I think is right. I kind of don't want to hear it though. But what if it's wrong? It's a theory. We're talking about. We're, we're going to talk theories. I know, here. but I, okay, all right. Um, they're going to win. Yeah. Doctor Strange saw 14 million possibilities, and he told Tony this was the only way. Yeah. Like this is the only yeah. way we win. Like we, I. That's like the one comfort throughout the whole movie is that like Doctor Strange. Well, no, I mean, just like the last 30 minutes. Well, sure, that's when he yeah. Does whole... Yeah, but that like, even at the end before he fades away, like he's saying like, we're doing what yeah. we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So I have this theory that I read on Reddit. I don't remember the username of the person that put it. So no credit given. Um, I'm mashing it up with a little of my own ideas. And I present to you my theory of what I think is going to happen in Endgame. If this happens, I will be satisfied. <laughs> Okay, here we go. First off, uh, baseline here, Gamora is dead. She's not coming back. Yes. A lot of people are saying, oh, she's in the Soul Stone, and when they beat Thanos, they're going to get her out of the Soul Stone. I don't think she's coming back. Um, James Gunn or somebody said somewhere in an interview that Gamora was going to have a bigger role in Guardians of the Galaxy 3 than she does in any of the other Guardians of the Galaxy. So they're all like, oh, Gamora's definitely coming back because of that. I think it's a misdirect. I think the memory of her and the grief of losing her is going to drive all of Peter Quill's actions in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yeah. Remember, he faded away. The theory is this. Everybody who turned to dust, 100% safe. Yes. They, guaranteed, they better be. Guaranteed every single person that faded to dust is coming back. They are going to reverse this somehow. They're going to get the six stones and they're going to reverse it. Now, whoever does reverse it is going to die doing it. So that person is done. I think it's going to be Thor. No. I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, Thor has had a good run, and he needs to go. So the people that you have to worry about are the people who are still alive. Everybody who faded away is safe, because they're just going to straight up, you know, reverse card, play in Uno, right? <laughs> the people you have to worry about are the people who made it out. So, Doctor Strange, safe. Uh, Black Panther, safe. Spider-Man, safe. All the Guardians, safe. 100% safe. Um, I think Iron Man almost guaranteed dies. And I think it's the only fitting end to his story, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think 50-50 Captain America dies. If Iron Man doesn't die, guaranteed Captain America does. One of them is gone. Yep. I think Thor is gone. I do. Yeah, I think Iron Man and Thor are the two that probably should go like they're both kind of at the end of their line and we saw if you look what happens to thanos when he snaps 
his whole arm is like fried. Mm-hmm. Like that's a lot of power going on in there. So I think whoever whoever does it dies. Um, I think it's going to be Thor that does it. I'd say 80% chance he dies. But he took on the whole power of a star. He he might be the only one that could survive. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If anybody else does it, guaranteed they die. If Thor does it, 80% chance he dies. Okay. Yeah. Like, Thanos is just too strong at that point. Yeah. Right? Um, but that's my theory, is that they're straight up going to reverse this. Everybody who disintegrated, totally safe. And this is how they phase out Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, and Chris Hemsworth, who have been the three that have been around forever. Uh, Black Widow still has a movie coming. Um, Captain Marvel will live, for sure. Mm-hmm. I keep forgetting about her because I just don't care, but she's apparently a huge part <laughs> yeah. of Endgame. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my theory, is that they reverse all the fading, and the people you have to worry about are the people who are still around. Well, what about Vision? Vision's dead for good. Vision's gone. Okay. Yeah. Vision doesn't come back. Yeah. So Vision is dead. Gamora is dead. Anybody who died in... Loki is dead. Yeah, Loki is dead. Anybody who died in any way other than getting turned to dust is gone forever. Okay. All right. I could see them bringing Gamora back saying like, oh, her soul was in the soul stone. But they showed her body and her brain's all splattered. Yeah, I... She's gone, I think. I think they shouldn't bring her back. And I think that that's too clever of a line for James... I I forget if it was James Gunn. Somebody said in an interview that Gamora was going to play a bigger role in Guardians of the Galaxy 3 than she did in in any other movie. Because that doesn't necessarily mean it's an acting role. Exactly. And role. I checked the IMDb today. They haven't announced any cast for that movie. Chris Chris Pratt isn't even listed. Literally, the only person listed is Mantis. Oh, really? Yeah, because she... Did it's she... just her. She's the only one. Yes, this is what I want. Yeah. <laughs> she turned to dust. Did she? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it was left on Titan. Was it just Tony and Nebula? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then we're going to have Adventures of Tony and Nebula as Endgame then. Because mm-hmm. Karen Gillan has pretty high billing in endgame yeah i hope i like i want her to be the one to like kill thanos maybe she will be i think that'd be great. that'd be poetic yeah yeah but i'd be so satisfied with that because people have to stay dead at the end of endgame yeah. right like they can't just reverse everything from infinity war yeah yeah people that would that would just like ruin the movie well yeah it would it would bring us back to a place with no stakes mm-hmm. and that's what's so awesome about this movie is there are stakes yeah yeah that is my theory all right i can see that yeah i buy it yeah uh the only other option is that at the end of Endgame, tony retires and becomes essentially nick fury because nick fury turned to dust well no so nick fury will come back then. yeah but he'll essentially become nick fury for the avengers and just watch over see, them i could see that yeah and just continue to mentor little Spider-Man. Oh. Oh. You guys get to pick who dies. How many? How many you want? I don't care. Well, I don't want to make too many people die. Go JK Rowling on this. <laughs> Everyone's gay. <laughs> Have you seen there's like a click hole article, I think, that's like in stunning tweet jk rowling reveals that you the reader were gay this whole time (laughs) (laughs) so many people out there are like oh my gosh am i gay (laughs) that's great so yeah that's my theory if i get to pick i'll answer my own questions you guys have a second to think about it if i if i get to pick all three of them die iron man captain america and thor i'm fine with everybody else staying alive 
I think I would be fine with Captain America and Thor dying. You want Iron Man to stay? Yeah, because like he has a life outside of the Avengers. The other two, not really. That's That's true. true. So, I, well, I do think that Iron Man either needs to die or retire. Like I think he is done. I think Robert Downey Jr. is just done. Yeah, like their their contracts are done after this. (laughs) Yeah. So, so I hope that if. Not that I like want him to die, but I hope that if he doesn't die, he does retire. Yeah. And same with Thor. Yeah. Well, it just moves on to a new phase. Put Captain Marvel at the top. I'll stop caring because yeah. she's just not that interesting to me. Yeah. I never saw the movie, so. Yeah, she's a pretty good character, but, you know, like they just like, you know, she's the newest movie, so it's yeah. hard to be too attached to her. Yeah. So. Well, and I didn't see the movie. So. Yeah. <laughs> that would also probably do it, too. Because I just don't care. <laughs> I didn't see anything about it that made me want to go see it. Yeah, I think I'd be okay with Captain America dying too. Those are, yeah, those are the three longest ones. Well, those are the three that their contracts are up, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm sure there's sure. other people that yeah. we that care just less about. Gonna, yeah. But yeah. And like Hulk, just like Bruce Banner isn't like, you don't have very many like personal i think think he sticks around because yeah i don't know i just don't feel like they would be as big of an emotional impact as the other three because we don't have a hulk movie for him yeah i feel like he'll just kind of be the tie back to all the people all the superheroes that died how does tony even get home i was thinking about that well thor has the his does he know that they're on titan though no no one knows like they show you guys haven't seen the trailers but in the trailers um He's on, like, I think he's on the Guardian's ship. So I would assume that, like, him oh, and Nebula. Oh, because they did fly there, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause, well, like, and Nebula got there somehow. Yeah. Because she, she, she said, crashed. meet me on Titan. Yeah, but she probably Mantis. crashed that thing. Oh, well, I mean, fair. she did. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so it shows them. I'm pretty sure it's the Guardians. Oh, uh, well, then they can just fly it to Earth. Yeah. Yeah. It'll probably take a while. I, I won't tell you guys. Yeah, don't say anything. Okay. I, I have not. I've gone this far. I haven't seen a trailer for Endgame. Okay. Yeah, I won't tell you. So the the biggest spoiler that I had is I went to buy our tickets and on the Cinemark app, it had like a half of a paragraph being like, Tony Stark alone and floating in space. And I was like, no. <laughs> Except we already know that. Exactly. I know, but I don't want anything. I want to go in totally blind. No. Yeah. The first trailer wouldn't ruin anything. It's the second trailer that would just like, okay, now I know half the movie. Yeah. Uh, trailers suck these days. It's true. Yes. Except for Hereditary. That's a good one. And Us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a good trailer. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, the horror ones are good. Midsummer is a great trailer. I don't feel like it gives anything away. Ugh. Oh, uh, yeah. This is your weekly update that Midsummer uh, releases <laughs> now the first week of July. Go see it. Ooh. And also, High Life is still not playing anywhere in the state of Utah. So, uh, what am I going to do? Because it's about space sex and they won't show that in Utah. Uh, space sex is the best sex. <laughs> I would assume. <laughs> All right, let's get into, or do we have anything else? I don't think so. So it doesn't want to theory craft. She doesn't want to accidentally ruin it for herself. So Yeah, that's what I did last time, and then all my theories were wrong, and I felt really embarrassed. So. I put my theories out there on the internet now. I'm held accountable for this. See, I'd love to be proven wrong. As long as the ending is satisfying, I don't yeah. care. All right. Um, we're going to move on to Trivia Sid here, where Sid gives us the best of IMDb movie trivia. Uh, and then we'll move on to uh, Final Thoughts and Rating Out of 10. 
So everybody be thinking what your number is. All right. I got a pretty lengthy bit here, so I'll try and go fast. Um, so Mark Ruffalo was given a fake script and Tom Holland wasn't even given the entire script because both of them are very notorious for revealing secrets. Like all the time. They're just like constantly just like all of a sudden there's like, oh, that's a huge spoiler. Well, did I read did I read somewhere that like the only people who had the full script were like Robert Downey Jr. and the girl who played Mantis? Um, I know that um Benedict Cumberbatch had the full script. Okay. I Tony or um Robert Downey Jr. didn't get the full script for Endgame. I think he got it for the last one. For infinity guaranteed he dies he gets up until he's dead yeah and they're just like wait what and it's just like stops like, yeah oh i guess we'll have to wait and see um drax's line the why is gamora was ad lib by dave <laughs> bautista that <laughs> scene is so freaking that good. So good when peter quill is like or when <laughs> when tony stark is like master. he's like no and he, uh, that whole the whole yeah. thing but he's like <laughs> tony stark tells him he's like kill him i blast your guy and he's got that big, huge gun in his face. And Drax is like, do it, Quill. I can, I can take, take it. it. <laughs> and he's like, Mantis is like, no, you can't. And then it cuts to Doctor Strange for like a half a second. Doctor Strange is like, no, he really can't. <laughs> and then again, uh, Doctor Strange is like, what master do you serve? He's like, what am I supposed to say? Jesus? <laughs> Just, that's Are you from Earth? I'm, I'm from, from Missouri. Missouri. That's on Earth, dipshit. <laughs> such a good line that's just like the perfect melding of the two teams oh yeah it's amazing the the introduction of thor into the guardians of the galaxy and then iron man to the guardians of the galaxy so well done yeah oh my gosh all right um so josh brolin had a giant foam head piece on top of his own head and he would just like give the lines and they'd have like the you know the monitoring stuff on his face um but then the, in certain scenes they would have different foam parts um so like actors couldn't get too close to josh brolin or else it like it ruined the spatials of it um josh brolin based his character on marlon brando's role as colonel walker kurtz in apocalypse now hmm. which i feel like i should rewatch that too yeah i gotta watch that movie it's a good one great one um there are close to three thousand shots in this movie and almost two thousand nine hundred have visual effect shots jeez yeah there's a small bit of trivia I want to throw in here. So, okay. uh, um, Do you want me to keep going? Give me one second. Okay. Just as in I just as I found this to be really really cool. Um, but I forget the number, so I don't want to. Where is it? Here we go. Uh, old. So this movie has three thousand shots. That's what it said. Right. Um. I guess I could have just done this. Um, 2001 A Space Odyssey, a little bit longer than this movie, 611 shots. Jeez. Wow. So that's some long takes in that movie. Oh, my gosh. 3,000 versus 611. <laughs> oh, Jeez. Man. But it, like, it doesn't feel like it's like super sporadic. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. The yeah. editing in this movie is Unlike phenomenal. Unlike Oscar winner Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh- Oscar winner for best editing. <laughs> uh, again, your weekly reminder that Green Book won best picture. I'm sorry. I'm quitting the podcast right now. I can't do this. I don't think that anybody has thought about Green Book since it won best I picture. I just remembered nope. it today. Uh, <laughs> got mad again. Here we are. Life is still a mess. Anyway. 
Um, in his fight with the Incredible Hulk, Thanos has a stone, but he doesn't use it. Um, and that just shows like how insane he is Jeez. and what a wow. force he is. Um, so Wanda, I didn't really connect this, but Wanda got her powers from the Mind Stone, which was in Loki's scepter. Um, and that's the only reason why she can destroy it. Why she can destroy huh. Vision. Cool. Yep. Do we know at all why the Mind Stone is like the biggest one on the gauntlet? Is that just because it's the know. last one? Or? That's kind of what I figured. Yeah. I figured right. he just put the last one there. Yeah. Cool. I kind of like imagined when he would like put the things on. You know, like when you like do something magnetic and you think it's going to this one, but it's actually attracted to that one and it just like flies over and you look like an idiot. <laughs> I would love that if like he was trying to be so dramatic and he's like, oh, this is definitely the middle one. And then it just like shoots to the pinky. And he's just like, <laughs> and then he, I don't know, kills whoever saw it. <laughs> um, Let's see. Oh, so the filmmakers thought of Peter Quill as sort of like a Peter Pan character and that he was like kidnapped and raised by these like immature people. And that's why he's like very flawed and like pretty immature. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it works very well, especially with like him ruining the whole plan in the end. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's right in line. Like he does the same thing in Guardians too. Uh-huh. So, you know, he's an emotional guy. He's yeah. an emotional guy. Emotions aren't bad guys. Um, the directors insisted that Chris Pratt gain weight so that le- the line, Quill, you're one sandwich away from fat, would make sense. That's amazing. Because he was way <laughs> too hot in the other movies to, to be fat. That's hilarious. I don't know why I never put this together, but the um, scene, Thanos is interrogating the Collector. Josh Brolin and Benicio Del Toro were in Sicario. Yeah, they were. Why didn't I put that together? Is that honestly... A yeah. piece of trivia on IMDb. Yeah, it's they appeared in Inherent Vice, Sicario, and Sicario Day of Saldana. We're scraping the bottom of the barrel here, Sid. I'm sorry. I just thought it was cool. All right. <laughs> okay. We're getting into spoilers, so it's getting better. Um. Oh, so the last I am Groot that Groot says to Rocket, um, he was saying, Dad. <laughs> it's so who who knows that? How did um, so sad. James Gunn. James Gunn said that? Yeah. Dude, go to hell, dude. That's awful. How dare you, sir? I did not need that. Um, the no, reason- to James Gunn, not you. Oh. No, yeah, that's what I was saying. I was like, hey, how dare James Gunn? Oh, I thought you meant, how dare I say that? I no. was like, no, he's just being a jerk. He's just trying to make us sadder. <laughs> oh, man. Um, the reason Peter Parker's death took so long and was so emotional is because his spidey senses were like, he was feeling his death coming on. And then, like, also his body was, like, trying to heal him as he was dying. So that's why it's so awful. sad. Ugh. Also, um, Tom Holland's lines, like, I don't feel so good. I don't want to go. We're all improvised. Oh, my I'm gosh. Just- <sighs> Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good was improvised? Yes. Dude, Tom Holland, you're a beast. Because it was pretty much just, like, I think the line was just, like, I don't feel so good. And then he, like, goes and dies but uh that was that was so rough no that, screw all that those are sad lines but when he says i'm sorry oh i want to jump out a window that's atrocious <laughs> that's oh he's just a kid oh, i love him oh the russo brothers confirmed that aunt may and howard the duck are unaffected by the finger snap 
So we, Howard the Duck is going to save us. <laughs> yes. Um, and then uh, Doctor Strange's comment about like we're in the end game, which is the name for the next movie, but it's a chess match term um, where a large number of pieces have been sacrificed. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um... And then I really quickly, sorry, as long as we're on Doctor Strange, one thing I want to talk about really quick, and I wanted to mention uh, why, so again, going back to Thor, Star-Lord, and Doctor Strange are the only ones who are really willing to sacrifice people they love for um, the greater good, Mm -hmm. right? Captain America might have been willing to, based on what I'm about to say, but he wasn't, like, given the decision, Mm -hmm. right? I guess he was the one that said, we don't trade lives, point being. Um, they all have things in their movies that prepare them to be able to do that. I think that, uh, just really quickly, uh, Dr. Strange in his movie, he has that conversation with the ancient one where, right as she is dying, where she stops time right before she dies mm-hmm. and gives him that whole speech about how like death's inevitable, but like, we're still scared of it and we still run from it. And she's like, I know that it's okay to die, but like, here I am clinging to my one last moment. Like, I think that's such a gorgeous scene and so well acted. But again, that scene prepares him to be able to make a sacrifice for the greater good, right? Whether it be death or not. Um, Thor obviously loses just everybody that he loves. So that preps him. And then Star-Lord also has to kill his dad and he's not thrilled about that. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like each of those characters were prepared to not, not only lose somebody they love but actively do something to make that person die right because like chris evans loses his girlfriend kind of in is it civil war that the old lady dies um yeah then he just dates her granddaughter so whatever that's weird point being um it's not random which characters are able to do that they've all been set up at some point and prepped mm-hmm. to be ready for that kind of sacrifice. Good yeah. writing. Great job, guys. Um, and the last one, so Thanos' comment, all that for a drop of blood. Um, so in Thor 2, um, Whiplash says, uh, if you could make a god bleed, then people would cease to believe in him. Hmm. And I just think it's an awesome tie back. And that is my trivia. Very cool. Thank you. Becca, you're up. Final thoughts and rating out of 10. Oh, boy. I, this is tough. Uh, but I think I know. Okay. <laughs> Spit it out. <laughs> this movie is really good and so much better than I was expecting. And even, I guess this is now my third time watching it, like, it's just really good, and I I think the first time I watched it, I didn't realize how good it was from a film perspective, but there are a lot of just great things about it, and then on top of that, it's superheroes and just, like, a bunch of hot guys, <laughs> and... We didn't even talk about how hot Scarlet Witch is. <laughs> well, you talked hot. about that the whole movie. That's true. <laughs> Everyone's hot in this Every, Hot guys, hot girls, everybody is hot. So, like... Makes you feel real bad about yourself. Yeah, but it's great to watch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, 
so the number I'm giving it, I think, is higher than I was thinking I would give it. But I'm just going to stay true to the first number that I thought of because i got to trust my gut, right? Mm-hmm. I am going to give Infinity War a 9 out of 10. Right on. Yes. Sid, what's nice. it going to be? Um. Yeah, I love Marvel. Um. I just, I love everything that they've done and how it connects. It's so crazy how good they got it after 10 years and after 18 million movies um yeah i'm excited and terrified for endgame uh a week from now i'm just gonna be crying and i'm ready for it so i'm gonna give this one i'm gonna have to give this one a 8.9 righto uh yeah i mean i'm not gonna say again that i like this movie because i really do i think it's again hard underrated actually because of just how good it is um i'm with becca though i'm sticking with the first number that popped into my head it's higher than i would imagine i'm also giving it a nine all right that puts us two nines and an 8.9 rounds up to a nine i think Yep. Yeah, that is high. Which puts it just below hereditary. It's right Whoa. at the exact same as hereditary. I'm sorry. It's just <laughs> below hereditary. <laughs> yeah, like that's pretty high. Yeah. But I think it holds up to a nine. Like. Yeah, I think so. It's a great movie. Yeah. All right, folks. Uh, that will do it for our discussion of the avengers infinity war very quickly um we're going to talk about some movies that we have watched um i watched the matrix reloaded and the matrix revolutions after watching the matrix last week uh they're not that good but they were fun (laughs) that's all i'm gonna say on that have we watched any other movies this week uh yeah you and i watched john wick 2 oh that's right which was awesome it was great recommend it as that go watch go it. watch john wick one and two they're fantastic they're so good sid what about you um i haven't watched too much this week uh i watched the first uh episode of game of thrones for the new season let's go <laughs> let's do it folks what a good first episode it was a good one i mean nothing really crazy happened but it was a good setup but more happened than has ever happened in a first episode yeah they actually Oh, dude, I don't really want to get into Game of Thrones spoilers. What happened at the end? I was like, I thought they were going to do that episode oh four. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? That was terrifying. When they're, But they're like, episode one, boom, right yeah. on. I'm glad they did it. He oh. knows. Boom. Great. Um, I watched... One more I watched... Um, what is it called? I just lost it. Uh, Black Narcissus. I watched... Because I got the Criterion channel, and it has a bunch of recommendations on there, and I watched it, and it was very good. It's a movie from the 40s, I think, about a nunnery up in the Himalayan mountains, and there's a lot of cool stuff that happens. It's really good. It's a little dry, but quite good. Nice. Um, And I think that's all that I watched. I don't remember. We watched Infinity War yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I mentioned it last week on the podcast, but I watched Snatch. Oh, with Brad Pitt? Yes. How was I it? I loved it. Did you watch... Um, I just lost it. Bronson, did you finish it? <laughs> no. Sid! I'm sorry. I have finals. Sid, I don't care. 
Watch Bronson. Okay, I will. So good. I will. I will have it ready for next week. Okay. Um, I think that's it, though. Yeah. Again, her, her Midsummer releases the first week of July. High Life is still not playing in the state of Utah. Um, what else? Anything else important? Um, the Lighthouse does not have a announced release date. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is coming out this year. Uh, the Irishman is coming out this year. Um, it's going to be a good year. I'm ready. Good one. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here. We watch movies and then talk about them. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, uh, facebook.com slash we watch movies and then talk about them or Instagram at movies. We watch, you can also find us on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on any podcast service. Uh, the one you're listening to this on will do just fine. Um, tell your mom about the show. She's going to love it. Tell your friends, whatever. Um, we're trying to up our social media presence, but we need the help of our listeners to get there. Uh, if it's not too much trouble, go drop us a review on iTunes. Um, it really does help a lot, especially when we're small the way we are right now. Um, any number of reviews helps. Uh, slide into the DMs if there's a movie that you want to hear us talk about. And don't forget that next week we will be talking about The Avengers Endgame. So that's It's that. just going to be me crying. It's going to end happy. I'm still going to cry. All right, whatever. I'm Andrew. I'm Becca. I'm Sid. And we love you. See ya. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye.